Good morning, Masechet Baba Kama Daf Peitet. And we're starting at the bottom of Peichet Amud Bet. Dedicate the Shirley, Lili Shmot, all the people who've died in this war, soldiers, civilians, all the Tsuim should be wounded, healed. Chatufim mentioned Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon, I'm safe. Chayrin Fri Matzliach should win this war quickly. So we saw yesterday this Machloket between Rabbi Yerme Bar Abba. Right, who said that Rabbi Shmuel but Abba, he gets the, 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 the land after his mother died. And Rabbi Yehuda, who says, no, Rabbi Yehuda says he's that, uh, that, that, that uh, a woman who, sends, who, who sells Nechsei Melog during her husband's lifetime, and then she dies. The husband goes and takes it back from the guy that she sold it to. Okay, he's the Lokeach Rishon, said Rashi. So the Machloket was, who gets Rabbi Shmuel but Abba's mother's assets? His, her husband? Or him. So Gemara wanted to say no. So 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 Rabbi Yehuda Bar-Ava argued with Rabbi Yehuda with Rabbi Yehuda and said, and we've got this Mishnah, and he proves over here that if the father writes it to the son, at the end of the day, even though neither of them consider it during their lifetime, once the father dies, the the guy that the son sold it to gets it. So he said to him, No, you got it all wrong. That's because the father wrote it to the son. He says, had you written, had the bride to be in the other way around, where we had a machloket, do we say that Kenyan payout is Kenyan aguf? Right? The fact that the guy sold his Yusuf did he actually sell the underlying asset or not? Rabbi Yochanan says yes. Rabbi says no. He said, we passed the crash lakish. So, and, uh, and, and, and the whole proof of the year was, Rabbi Yosef came along and said, right? He said, if you had written the, 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 second, law, the second white lines, just walk them, we could go back there. So it said, Rabbi, Yoch, it said Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef said, and the Mishnah, what's the reason there's not Tomei Le Mishnah? That's what Rabbi, Yosef, Rabbi, Rabbi Huda says. So Rabbi Yosef explains why it's not Tomei Le Mishnah. He said, if you had written it the other way around, that it was the, the son who wrote the assets to his father, then you would be able to prove that the, the son, but that because the son, he's saying the father hasn't got any rights to inherit from the son. So when the son gives something to his father, then we could prove if the outcome would have been the seller wouldn't take the sale. You could say that it's because he 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 sold it to him, so to speak, and there's no proof between the payroll and the and the asset. They use the fucking asset. But the Torah told us Dafka the brighter was when the father gives it to the son. Why, when the father gives it to the son, does it work? Because the son's going to inherit the father anyhow. Right? That's the way the Torah says. So it comes to Abai and says, I'm going to buy Atu, Bara, Yarit, Abba, Abelo, Yarit, Bara. What do you mean, Rav Yosef? Here's our algorithm again, right? Rav Yosef talks, rest assured, any moment Abai arrives to argue with him. Okay? And yeah, Abai arrives to argue with him. What do you mean, Rav, Yo- Rav Yosef? The fact that the father can't inherit the son? Of course, the father, when does the father inherit the son? We know when. When? When he hasn't got children. Or no wife. He's a single guy, and he, God forbid, he dies, and he's got assets. Who's a guy who goes straight to his father? So what do you mean the Torah says only because of fathers, etc.? He says, Ella, he says, so really, so what? Let's, so now comes up by and he makes a generalization. And he says, so why does a father give assets to his son before he dies? Or why would a son give assets to his father before he dies? Why? Because he doesn't want any of the other brothers to get them. So the father runs while in his lifetime and writes, these assets to son says, these are yours from now till after my death. Why? So they don't form part of the Yerusha. So the other brothers won't. I don't know, maybe he's worried the other brothers won't know how to look after him. They'll go and ruin them. 
and he wants this brother Africa to be able to retain the wealth to look after the brothers. It's going to be very good intentions. But that's what Abaya says. He says, So he says, so to over here, that's the whole idea over here. To Mavrich, look at Rashi, Hachanami, Hakotev Nechasav Lebano, a person who writes, that says now, while he's left, Vadai Benei Achrin, Abane Achrin, the other children, Vrabruchina Mecha Misha Banav Shil Avhu Dikatavle. And now, when we say it, that if the son goes and sells them to somebody else while the father's alive, Shmamina, Kenyan parrot, love Kenyan On the contrary, love Kenyan goof. The father wrote them to the son because he wants the son to have them. The son goes and sells them to somebody else. When the father dies, the guy gets it. Why? Because the father gave up his right to the usufruct. Uh, sorry, he gave up his rights. Like I said, only retained the usufruct by him. And he has a classic example about the son had the rights to sell them because the payrot and the goof are separate entities altogether. And who's that sound like? That sounds like Reish Lakish. Okay, we said yesterday already quoted Rashi where, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that the three halochas where, where we pass in like Reish Lakish. We're going to spend more time about that, but not now. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll find a place to discuss them more. So now we have to ask ourselves the question. When Rav Yehuda said, and Rav Yehuda's whole argument was, Rav Yehuda said that, Remember that? Rav Yehuda said that this is not, not the case. Because he said, Amalehu anamatnita yadana. Right? Rabbi Yermia Bar Abba said, we've got a Mishnah. And he sold the whole thing. And then Rabbi Yehuda said that uh, it's not the same story. The, the very first wide lines, I just found it. The very first wide lines. Okay, so it said that they went back to Rabbi Yehuda and told him this whole story here of Rabbi Yehuda. Of Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba, and Amar Leu, the very first wide line says, "Hacha Amish, Hachi Amar Shmuel, Zo Eina Domele Mishnatel." This is our Mishnah, and then Rav Yosef said, "Why?" And Abaye challenged him on the why. So the question is, so what did Rav Yosef mean when he said it's not like our Mishnah? Right? So he says, "Why not?" Mishum Takanat Usha, because at Usha, Usha is a town. There was a Takana made in Usha. What was the ta- the, the takana over there? It was a good one in Ketubot. We'll see it again later on. We'll Batra as well. All mentioned a few times. Then Rabbi Yossi Bar Chanina. In Usha, they made this takana. What's the takana in Usha? That's what we started off the shir with yesterday, right? Not actually, no. The first, the, the, the bottom in the Amud was. This woman gave her nechassim to her husband. But, but wrote them to her husband, to her son, and we said that, that the son, that the husband's the first buyer. This is this is the takana. A woman who sold her nichsei melug. Now, what's the difference between nichsei melug and nichsei tzon barzel? Nichsei melug is that she brings them into. The, they are written in the ketubah, by the way. That's the difference. Nichsei tzon barzel form the asset base that the wife brings into the ketubah, and there's a value attach, attached to them. So she brought in assets worth X. When her husband divorces or when her husband dies, she's got to get back X. If the assets went up in value, the increased the, the, the appreciation belongs to the husband. 
If the assets went down in value, the husband got to make good to the wife. So she said, that's Nikhsay Tson Barzel. That's what's called Tson Barzel, because like Barzel, still doesn't change. Nikhsay Malog are written in the Ketubah. They assets that the husband, that the wife's got, that income generating stuff. While she's married, the husband gets the fruits of the, of the, he gets the income. When they divorce or if he dies, she gets back her assets. If they went up in value, they're hers. If they went down in value, they're hers. He's indifferent. As long as he carries on bearing the fruits while she's, she's alive, he's indifferent. Doesn't care what happens to the Ockham. They're not his. They're not his. So, we talk in the Gemara talking about Dafka Usha. We'll see why it's relevant to make a difference between this Ton Barzil and the Malog. Remember, just again, what was Malog? We learned that Malog means to pluck. Like when you pluck out the hairs of the goat, it's called Moleg. So you're plucking. The goat stays. You're just plucking the hairs out of the goat all the time. That's what's called Nixam Malog. The asset stays. The husband's plucking the goat's hairs out of it all the time to, to, live, off the, to, live, off the, to live off the asset. Okay? So... So that's what Rav Yudah says. That's what's different here. He said, don't bring me your Mishnah, the son writes it to his father, the father writes it to his son. We're going to take an Usha, a wife who goes and sells her assets while her husband's alive. And that's exactly what this woman did. She essentially sold her assets to her, to her son. Her husband, when she died, took it back. Simple. Pashut. Right? He's the Yoresh of Nechsa Melog. That's what he said. That's the reason why. And the Gemara says, yeah. According, but not because of the Halakha. In other words, if a son... No, but the Takal Usha is specifically to Nechsa Melog of the wife that she sold in light of her husband. But if a father wrote assets to his son and the son went and sold those assets... They, and, and the father died, the buyer would get them because the takana didn't override the halocha. So the halocha is like Resh Lakish, but with regards to wife and husband, there's a takana that overrides the halocha of Resh Lakish. Okay, that's, well, I was thinking of it in the context of this Rabbah So in our context, he said, that's why I said to that's the, so now we're going to revise the argument. What did Rav Yudah say when he says, not like our Mishnah? He wasn't saying, not like our Mishnah, that halocha is like Rabbi Yochanan. It's not like our Mishnah because with regards to our husband and wife, there's a special takana which is extraneous overriding the Machlok Rabbi Yochanan Resh Lakish. So with regards to Resh Lakish, the Loch stays Resh Lakish. Right? As, as hard as it is to, yeah, to I accept. Saying, yeah, as, as hard as it is to accept, right? Because maybe it's, I'm responsible because I've focused, every, I've Rabbi always been like a, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan sort of like mindset person. Like I can't believe that the isn't like Rabbi Yochanan. How can it be even in three cases? Rabbi and Abaya, okay, we got the Al-Kagab, you know. Rabbi and Abaya, let's be honest, they're both pretty much on a par when they argue on the daf. But Rabbi Yochanan is lucky, he seems like a knockout. Okay. So you're saying that it, it, the is like Rabbi, like Rish Lakish, but in this case, it's like Rabbi Yochanan. But in the Takana, the Takana seems to you right. Okay, that's very good what Robert's saying. So really, the basis for the Takana could be that the Chamin felt, listen, the Aloha should be like Rabbi Yochanan, it's not like Rabbi Yochanan, but with a wife and a, and, 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 and a husband, it's got to be like Rabbi Yochanan. But these okay. takanot are unbelievable. They were never written anywhere. There's a large that they weren't written anywhere. They were all oral and they were known by the Amorayim. They want to burst your bubble. But this whole Gomorrah wasn't written anyway. It was all known by the Amorayim. None of it was written anyway. So why should the takanot be written anyway? Now, I'm serious. 
If the Gemara wasn't written and the Mishnah wasn't written, watch the Takanabi written. written. They were written by the Sanhedrin. They were brought about by the Sanhedrin who moved all over when they were yeah, down. That's how all the Takanot were, but nothing was written. That's my point. So why is it such a chidush for you? The whole Mishnah, the Mishnah wasn't written. The Gemara wasn't written. It was all off by heart. Yeah, so obviously the Takanot, were, if the Halachas weren't written, then why should the Takanot be written? That's my question. I'm not arguing with you. I accept that they weren't written. But the halachas weren't written, so why should the takanot be written? The mishnas weren't written. But the mishnas, the mishnas, which were the ordinary, weren't written. So if the ordinary was written, why should the extraordinary be written? Should you go to first know the ordinary before you know the extraordinary? No, no, no. Okay, let's. Okay, neither am I. So I thought that, but we will, we will, we will, we will, we'll. maybe for our seum of a kama, we can find somebody seriously who's an expert in in the in the in the in the development of all this halach and how it was saved and how it was looked after and how it was transported and moved around, etc. Maybe worth thinking of somebody like that. Okay, let's carry on. We haven't started. I'm with our daf for today yet. We're still on yesterday's daf. Okay. Says, we also learned that. We've got a bright what's the support of that deal the takanush. What's the what do we say? We we testify via. Aidim come. Right? And they give Aidut. And they say they're, they're divorced. They're divorced, they're not married. Right? Look at it. It's a Russia via from Makot. And the husband said, What do you mean? I never divorced her. They say, no, we know for a fact you divorced her. And you gave her a ketubah. Now, what's the danger when Adim arrive and say to someone that gave you a ketubah? If you've already been paid at your ketubah once, if you tucker do get divorced, you can't claim your ketubah. So by they, not only are the Adim trying to get this guy to say he's asked to be with this woman because he's not his wife, for her, for him, it's less of a problem because a man can have more than one wife. Even with other wives, he can marry her. There's no issue of him having another wife. But she loses her ketubah, right? So they're actually trying to deny her ketubah. Look what happened. And there's the wife. Look at Rashi. What does it mean? And she's, 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 she's serving him and supporting him and being a, a, a nice, good wife. Look at Rashi. If you write and she was divorced even with other Edim, Right? Now, if, if she other Adim came along and, and, and really divorced her, then they wouldn't have to pay out the ketubah because they would say she really got a ketubah. These Adim have to pay her her ketubah because they were trying to stop her for getting a ketubah. They want to lose the ketubah. They want to lose the ketubah. She should have been given a divorce. Right? But now that we've got this takana of, of Usha, Right? Maybe she'll never get to Because let's ask ourselves a question. Is a woman really, can a woman really claim that you were going to get me out of my, my ketubah? It gets a little bit tricky over here. Now, what she want to say, those 80 who came and said that she was divorced already, were going to stalk her out of her ketubah. But is that a fact? Would she ever be entitled to her? Maybe her husband, maybe she died before her husband died, or before her husband divorced her. And she'd never be entitled to her ketubah. So what do you mean you, those 80 were trying to do you out of your ketubah? They'd only do you out of your ketubah if you were going to die, if your husband was going to die before you, if you were going to get divorced. If he wasn't going to predecease you or you weren't going to get divorced, you'd never get your ketubah. So what do you claim if you got this people? They said you were divorced. Okay. 
But you might, you might never ever have got a ketubah to begin with. So what were they really taking away from you? Okay, that's the kasha of here, right? So now, and if, it's, if we've got takarat usha, it's even more than that, because if you had sold something to someone, you could say, ah, oh, because I could have sold, my, I sold something. But you couldn't, because the husband could take it back from you, because takarat usha. Take it back from the, from the buyer. So he said over here, he's looking at Karen in the Gomorrah, we don't say that she's got, they're going to pay her out her whole ketubah. Only the tovat only the amount that she would have got if she had sold the rights to the, to the, to the underlying asset in her ketubah that the guy would have got after, after her husband had died. Right, that's the amount of money that you could have at the most claimed from a person who was trying to do it out of a ketubah, not the whole ketubah. Because the whole ketubah she might never get because the other might die before her. So that's, you want to prove from here that this is how we know that there was this takanat usha. Because let's carry on. Because what's, what's, what's it mean, tovat what a person would be prepared to pay to buy the rights to your ketubah. Let's remember, when a person buys your rights to your ketubah, he's taking a risk, right? What's the risk? The risk is that you might die before your husband. And then you don't get a ketubah. So you need some sort of uh, probability calculation here. Of what are the chances this woman's going to live before her husband or die husband? What's the probability that he'll divorce her, that he won't divorce her? Got to work it all out. So let's see what the ketubah is worth. Now get an underlying sort of sort of asset, put some sort of present value on it and see you discount it now because you're paying her in advance. And that's the chance you'll pay because you're essentially buying a risk. It's a gamble. So that's, 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 so what you're right. He says, Now here comes the proof of the takana of Usha. How do we know there's a takana of Usha? Later the takana Usha, there isn't a takana Usha. Right? So Amayi Rashana Baala. What is it? What, what do her husband inherit? To Zabin Ketubah Talagamre. She should be able to sit a whole Ketubah. No, you can't sit a whole Ketubah. Why can't you sit a whole Ketubah? Because your husband is going to inherit your Ketubah after you die. And that's the proof of Takarat Usha, that the husband inherits her. Because if there wasn't Takarat Usha, we would be able to sit a whole Ketubah to somebody. Not just the Tovat Hana'ah, take that risk. Because at the end of the day, what's the risk? The risk is that her husband will inherit her. If, husband, if there wasn't a takana of, of Usha, the takana of Usha says, look here, because he inherits them. So he's, gonna, he's entitled to all the Nixam Malog, and therefore, even if she sold the Nixam Malog now, the buyer is not going to get, all he's going to get basically is that little bit of time that, that he'd he be entitled to, to that for the while that she's alive. But once she's dead, that, that title goes away because of the takana of Usha, because he said, Usha, Nixam Malog, the husband, is considered the first buyer. So Abaya steps in again. He doesn't like it. I'm Abaya, no. Him, I'm Rubin Ixamalog. Why Dafke Ixamalog? You're Rubin Ixamalog. Right? Why don't you say, look at Rashi, I'm Rubin Ixamalog, Shetokhala Mokran, Vaina Baamotzi, Mia Lukuchot, Shain Pichatu Pichatula, Vim Hotiro Hotirula. So he says, the Ixamalog are hers, really. Right? She, she accepts all the risk upon them. If it's really so good over here, 
that uh, that this idea of Tachra of Usha, she appraised it when she brought him in. The October, and the groom takes all responsibility on it. The loss of the benefit accrues to him. He says, if you want to bring me proof that the guy, that the woman can't say anything, you should be bringing me the proof from the Tzon Barzel, not from the Nixay Melog. Nixay Melog don't prove anything, because it's always hers. If you want to tell me that the husband inherits, that there's a Takana, your bigger proof would be from Nixay Tzon Barzel. Now, remember that over here for a moment. Why didn't we prove from Nixay Melog? Why are we saying Nixay Melog? And why don't we say Tzon Barzel? Remember this distance, we're going to come back to it in a moment. So Amr Abaya, Abaya says, what is Tovatana'a? Hoyel says, so now Abaya says, listen. So he, Abaya knocks him out over there firstly, right? So he doesn't agree whatsoever. Because Abaya says that, uh, that, uh, that there might not be a, anything to do with the Takana of Usha, right? And still, she can't sell her Ketubah. Why not? Because we'll see just now the, the argument there be, because she never had Nechzei Melog. It's only Nixem Melog, which she might have had a chance to sell. But Son Barzel, she can never sell, because Son Barzel basically becomes his, because he's going to pay her out on the difference of whatever, on the, uh, we said Son Barzel, he underlies the, the value, and she just gets the same value. I'm a bit confused now, so why couldn't, on the contrary, it would seem easier to sell Son Barzel, because Son Barzel, it comes back uh, to her. Son Barzel is essentially the, isn't it essentially the husband's. It belongs to the husband, right? But the the value is hers. As you say, the asset she can't sell, right? The asset she correct. The asset she can't sell. The asset stays the husband's. The monetary value will always be hers, but the asset stays the husband, correct? If it goes up or down, it's his. Correct. Right, 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 right. So okay, so, so Usha said you can't prove anything over here, and we'll see just now. Wait, wait. And the Amara says, says like this: Once we're on the subject of Tovata, and I'm talking about this value, this sort of amount that she might be able to get in a, if she could sell, was the rights to the to the the the, 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 the risk value of the ketubah. He says, Hoyo dan, name bar Let me tell you, tell you a little bit about it. He says, Tovata ale isha havia. What is it? This Tovata havia. It all goes to the woman. He says, the woman gets that money. Not the husband, if she would sell the risk value of a, of a ketubah. Because these are the Bible, if you think we've got the husband, so the Limur Aedim, the Aedim would then say, in that case, remember that case of the Aedim Zobamin. We said in the Aedim Zobamin, we started off and said, the Aedim Zobamin, the most we could make the Aedim Zobamin pay is the Tovat Hana'ah. They never actually caused her to lose her whole ketubah because she might never get the ketubah, correct? So that all that she could get, though, is the Tovat Hana'ah. So it says our buyer, this is proof over here that the Dvarana goes to the woman. Because if you would think that it goes to the husband, what would the Adim say to the woman? What did we cause you to lose? Even if you had, you're telling me now that now that we, we, we try to get you to lose your ketubah, you can't even sell and get the Tovatana. Ah! But even that you wouldn't have been yours, would have gone to your husband. So what do you want from us? We never caused you to lose anything. So Abai said, because the Adim can't say that, is proof that the Tovatana goes to the wife and not to the husband. So Amar Rav Shalman, Rav Shalman doesn't like it. He says, no. He says, Mishum revach bitter? He says, that's not correct. He says, even if it goes to the husband, the money, there's still revach in the house. 
the, 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 the unit still benefits, and that's still a half of the wife. Look at Rashi. He says over here, Rashi says, Rivcha Bitta, I feel him about not, even the husband takes it. The wife would still want to sell it in her lifetime. Why? Because she wants to live in a family where there's no shortage of money. And sometimes a woman has to do what she's going to do. Right? And if she's going to sell her future rights to the Ketubah to make the family a better place to live in and remove the stress from the house, it improves her lot as well. When her husband is in stress for every cent and screaming it every time she spills the milk because she's wasting all the milk, he doesn't mind, you know, it makes her life better. So that's a hana for the woman. So it's not true. He says, that's not a proof that the woman never lost anything from the Adim's woman. That you can't bring as proof. They say, ah, I never, because the woman can say, what do you mean? Even though I went to my husband, you still changed my life. As a result of you, now there's no longer, I haven't got the right to sell the Tovah Hana'ah, I can't contribute to the family, and my whole family life is messed up. So he says, that's no proof whatsoever. Uh, that, 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 he doesn't like that, that, that proof over there. I'm a rabbi. So he says, now look at this. A rabbi comes along and agrees there at the end of the day with Abaya. Even though the proof of the Aiden Zomin might not be the proof, but with the underlying halocha, rabbi and Abaya agree. But rabbi adds on over here. He says that the money goes to the wife, and if she goes and buys an asset now, and there's income from that asset, even the income from that asset doesn't go to the husband. Like normal Nichsemelog. Why not? He says, my timer. He says, Takana that a husband gets the fruits of the assets of a wife in Nixamalog. But the Pira But the fruits of the fruits, because let's be honest, the Tovatana is the fruits of her asset, correct? Because she's got Nixamalog. It's the derivative of the Nixamalog that is entitling her to get a bit of money into her hands now. So the fruits of those fruits don't go to the husband. Income, but not the income of the income. It's like already a, a, a twice removed situation. It's not exactly period of period. There's a long Tosfat of Yeh. It says, He says, He says, Things that come from If a guy steals a, 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 a fetus, a baby of a Nixamalog, and he pays double, that money goes to the wife. Again, in which on standard as the normal course of events, if there's if there's if there's animals giving birth and whatever the case is in the milk, etc., so that the husband will get. But anything extraneous would not be the normal course of events that accrues to the woman, the husband hasn't got a right to that. That's really called pira de pira, not pira. So that's how Tosford explains it over here. I think that might be an easier way to understand it. So Rav So they arrived a papa from Beit Rav, from Beit Midrash. I'm right, they said like this. Tanina, what did we learn about Takarat Osha? We learned about Takarat Osha. Ha'evet va'isha, right? He says we can also see that even in our Mishnah that we saw, there is, is, is an underlying basis here for understanding the Takana of Usha. How do we understand that? Because our Mishnah said, Ha'evet va'isha pegiatan ra'av. And we said there that you cause damage to them, that's a real problem. You've got to pay them if you cause damage to an Evet on Isha. Right? Ha'chovel bahen chayav. If you cause them damage, you've got to pay on the other hand, we learned in the Mishnah, if they cause damage to somebody else, they're patur. Why are they patur? We said there, because remember, they haven't got any money to pay. Remember that was the Mishnah said. We said, because they end him. And evidently, we said, if they get divorced afterwards, they do have to pay, right? Because now they're going to get money. 
But in the meantime, they haven't got money to pay because where they go belongs to their husband, or belongs to the, the ever belongs to his master. So you can't expect him to compensate you. But he says, If you think there isn't this takadat usha, which means that all the nichsem log of a husband, of a wife really belongs to husband, if she sold them, the husband will get them back, and therefore she can't really sell them at face value. The most she can do is sell for tovatana'a, not for face value. To, if, if she caused damage to somebody, let her sell a nixamalog and go and pay the guy. She's got assets. Yeah, the nixamalog. They weren't nixets on Bysdale. They aren't in the Ketubah. They're hers. Why can't she sell those? Ah, because of Takarat Usha. So that's why you can't make a wife pay. Now remember that again. We said the whole reason we're proving it here is because of, she can't sell a nixamalog. So the Gabriel said, What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. So you want to tell me this takarat usha? So she can't sell the whole value of the asset. But let her sell the tovat and pay back from there. So why didn't we say that the Mishnah says obviously she hasn't got nixamalog. So to over here achinami later the Mishnah is talking about because she hasn't got nixamalog. You can't do anything about, about uh, Usha or not. Because even if, if you wanted to tell me that Usha, she can't sell Nixamalog, sell Tuvatana. The fact we never said that means that she hasn't even got Nixamalog to even sell the Tuvatana in them. And that's what the reason that the Mishnah says she doesn't have to pay. Because she hasn't got Nixamalog. Maybe she had Nixamalog, which would have said sell the Nixamalog. So you can't do anything there about Usha from your example. Nastra, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't buy it. Uh, this concept, this notion of us of telling me that she should sell the tovatana and pay the guy, even if you wanted to say that that might be the case, and that uh, if there were irrespective of usha now, you say that why doesn't a woman sell her the rights to her ketuba and compensate the guy? How many? Who's the tana of that mishnah who would even think such a thing? He said, must we marry? Because wh- why why don't we make her sell? That Masri Mary says that she doesn't have to pay back the guy if she causes him damage. Why? Because we don't make her sell. Even the Tuvata will make her sell. Look here. That's Halokh and Amasya, by the way. That's a Gemara. We're out. We learned that before already. We've learned that before, right? And for time of Mike, there's Lote, Kalabin Ablotia. Says, and that's why you can't. Uh, no, no, sorry, that Tamma is a Dechia. So he says, therefore, this must be Meir. Remeir is what he told us in Ketubot that you can't sell, that you can't live without your, with your husband without a Ketubah. So if, if she went and sold her Ketubah now to pay for the, for, the, for, the, for the damages, so she wouldn't have a Ketubah. And you can't live without a Ketubah. So the Gemara says, well, wait a second, but what's the reason that we made this Takana? He made this Takana. He would, he, the reason why you want to have a Ketubah is that at any given time he should remember that if she spills his soup or flies in his soup or whatever, and he's going to freak out and want to divorce her, it's going to be an expensive story. You see that Ketubah over there? For a fly in your soup, is it worth paying all that money? Think about it twice. Right, so he says now, he says, so, so if she had sold her ketubah, that w- it wouldn't, the deterrent factor wouldn't go away. It'd still be a deterrent. Why? 
If she spilled his, uh, put a fly in his, he would still want to divorce her. Why? If he divorces her, he'd have to pay the ketubah still. Because the guys who bought the ketubah would become knocking on the door and say, Ah, excuse me, sir, you divorced your wife. Yeah, we have a right to the ketubah. So he wouldn't save the ketubah. So the fact that the ketubah was sold, doesn't, the, 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 the deterrent fact is still there. So that can't be remarried. What would remarry care? Remarry's whole in your wars, you wouldn't have, a, there'd be a deterrent. There's still the deterrent. Right? Ella, the government gives another answer. You're right. Right, why can't you sell the, the ketubah really? Because you, when you're setting it, it's just mealy. It's not really substance. What are you setting? You're setting it right. It's like words. Where's Selwyn? You're setting words. There's nothing written, right? This is all words. There's nothing written. And really, the, the, the damaged party, right, who was damaged here, now you want to basically do some sort of deal to give him underlying satisfaction, you're going to pay him out of your ketubah. And we're trying to say over here now, why wouldn't you, why, why don't they have to pay? Because, right, it's not going to make any difference. Why not? But at the end of the day, she's getting, uh, she's getting some money for those rights. She'll give him that money. So she's selling her to Vatana, she gets money. With that money, go and give it to the damaged party. Don't wait for the ketubah. It's not the ketubah we're worrying about. It's the money she's getting out. Give it to the guy who, who was damaged. So he says, now, what's the problem? There's another aloha here of Shmuel. In Bava Metziah, we learn that. I'm a Shmuel. I'm a Shmuel. If you've got an IOU, somebody owes you money, and you sell that debt, that, 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 that note to somebody, to, and, he, and let's say the, 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 the debt is a million shekels, and you sell it to a guy for 100,000 shekels, Tomorrow, you can turn around and say to the guy who owes you the million shekels, yo, don't pay me. You just sold it to a guy for 100,000 shekels. When he goes to Chaim and says, I want to claim now, the time's up. He says, what are you talking about claim? Yosef was me already two years ago. He says, Shmuel, that's a perf- perfectly good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Look at Shmuel. He says, uh, done. So therefore, he says, so I skipped a line of things. She says, Yoresh And even the Yoresh can moichel, the, 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 the child inherited his father's debt. He can moichel it, even him. So that's what Shmuel, that's why you can't do this sort of deal. Because if you're selling something and a guy pays you money, basically what you're selling, you can always change your mind. You can say to your husband, you know what, I moichel you on the ketubah. Don't pay me out the ketubah. And now you went and sold your ketubah. So Shmuel says, we don't like these sorts of sales because really they end up causing damage to the guy who's buying them from you. Shmuel says, do Amrei zvune zvune betitein lei? He says, what are you talking about? Zvune zavin. Sell, sell, sell the money. I'm sorry. My nephew's called from the hospital. Just one second. Uh, okay, so, uh, so he says over here, he says, I feel your age, Mokha. So what's the problem? I mean, let her sell. And if it's Mokha, so it's Mokha. What are you worrying about? If it's Mokha or not? Jumor says, No, that doesn't work. Why? I'm right. He says, No, why can't we do that? Because it's not that there's a slim chance that he'll actually be moichel. When it comes to your husband, as a rule, wives are moichel. 
And therefore, we pretty know from the outset this guy's going to be shtocht. He says, We don't want to do it. To, to, to be complicit in helping this guy lose his sale. The says, Maybe, you know what? So we've got a good, better suggestion. If she's able to sell the Tvatana, don't sell to somebody else, to a third party, and then this guy's waiting for the husband to divorce her, for the husband to die, and then she's going to get a and go pay out the, the damaged bar. Let her sell the ketubah to the damaged guy himself. To the guy to the, who, who she damaged. Right? So she, he never really gave her any money. In other words, for, it, it seems like, it seems like the Gemara is saying that on account of the damages, right, he's getting the Tovatana as a, as a prepayment, which doesn't actually have to pay her, like, as if he's really got a bit of money in advance. I think that's what the Gemara is saying over here. Right? That uh, and then if she's and then if she if if, if she's Moichel's husband, so he never really lost any money. Why? Because he never gave anything to begin with. He only has to, only has what to gain. So the Gemara is now soft, soft. Call it We're wasting our time over here. At the end of the day, we know she's going to Moichel's husband. She's not going to let the husband lose. To get the whole debate in, to go get involved and draw up agreements and start getting aid him around and witnesses and and, and sheriffs of the court and and, and documentation, etc. We don't want to do. So it was Ella Halatanya Vachen he shabala love shit. But what's the question? Okay. So now if you tell me that the woman doesn't have to pay Silo Kutuba to pay for somebody else. That we understand. What about if she herself damaged her husband? So it says, Vachen he shabala, love shit to bata. The brightest of here is a brighter word to Tosefta that says that if she caused damage, doesn't have to sell husband, doesn't have to look to even pay her husband. But am I? Why not? So he says, but the Gemara says, wait a second, I don't understand. If you understand why you can't make a sell to pay somebody else out, because at the end of the day, she's not going to really ever allow the husband to pay the money. She's going to be moichel, her husband, he won't pay the ketubah, and the guy's going to lose the money, wasting her time. But the one that brought to say that if she caused her husband damage, she doesn't have to give him the ketubah, let her sell him the ketubah. And now, if she's Moichelim, so it's his Ketubah area. Now, the Miman of Shach, we don't care anymore. If she sold him the Ketubah, once she dies, he inherits the Ketubah. And if she does, and if she wants to Moichelim, he inherits the Ketubah area. So, however you look at it, he gets the Ketubah. And now we can't say that we're going to help somebody else lose money because that's the husband himself. Either he gets the Ketubah because he bought it from her, or he gets the Ketubah because he died, or she was Moichelim. Have you look at it? The husband can't lose. It's a no-lose situation. Clear? What are you with me? Right? The so Gemara says, Ah, Valerie May. That, that, now we understand that bright is definitely May. He said, You can't sell the ketubah to your own husband. Why? Because Rabbi May said, You can't leave with the husband. The Gemara says, Why not? What was Rabbi May said, You couldn't do that? Right? So, so it was hacham a garish la, the gabi le bechav lebida. The whole reason was that you wouldn't be that you wouldn't be kalabenya. Now, what's the story? He could just divorce her and get the money. So we said, understand. Iach yash the nami me garish la, the gabi le bechav lebida. If he wanted to divorce her, the fact that she sold him his ketuba, her ketuba, isn't going to make a difference. If you want to divorce, you could divorce her earlier. 
and give her pay out of ketubah and then claw back the money for the damages that he gave her. The reason why the high woman's partial paying damages is because she hasn't got any money. But once the husband divorced her, paid her out of ketubah, so she's got money. See, so the whole reason, you guys are necessarily married now because, because the whole reason we married, say, don't live without a divorce, is because you want to have a deterrent factor not to divorce your wife because she spilled, she, she put a fly in your soup. <coughs> but yeah, if, if you want to divorce, you could divorce her anyhow. We don't have to worry about sending back your ketubah. We don't need that. The Gemara says, no. Kegon the nafesh tubata de mishuma hu purta lo mafsi tuba. No, that's not the same. The ketubah is such a big ketubah that for a little bit of damage, he wouldn't have divorced her just to claim back a little bit of the ketubah. Right? The Gemara gives us this now. The ketubah is worth 200 zuz and the damage is 4 zuz. He's not going to divorce her to get back 4 zuz. But if she sold her ketubah to him, right, to get the 4 zuz, to pay him the four zoos, now he could divorce her because if he divorced her, he saves 196 zoos. So it would be different. So he says, We eat the nafish tubata miktuba doraita. So he says, Wait a second, if, it could, if that's the case, if a ktuba was so large, it was much bigger than the ktuba doraita. That's interesting. Rashi says, We eat nafish tubata miktuba doraita. He says, Shekatabla betula yotemi matai more than 200. Which is fifty slaim, four zuz in a sla in a cellar. But our mana, you tell me, man, and our mana, right? Is the beulah already a hundred twenty-five slaim? The idech tzabdin yaleh bechavle, right? Then and she could sell back to him. Could go on the loan afish ketuba miktuba, and so then she could send him back the difference. And he, she could he could sell a doraita of a doraita of the two hundred according to the bayra, hundred according to the the beulah, and the man could be happy. Sell only the surplus. Because the up, as long as there's a ktuba of the right of 200 or 100, what do we care? So he said, no, we don't want a case. Can go on the law, nafesh tuba, miktuba, do right. Now the chabla abazuz, the bishuma abazuz, lo mafsi le shim chabisha. So now it was less than the ktuba, do right. And the other government says, for example, it was, it was, it was the damage of abazuz, right? And her, it was 100 zoo, or 25 slain, which is 100 zoo, talking about a the other government tried the lesser amount, and he wouldn't divorce her for that. So we don't want a case, and that's the case. It was, anyway, it's hard to tell you, because I'm kor. We've got a bright idea that says, just like Shelotim Kor, she can't sell her ketubah and stay with him. So too, Lot Tafsid Vitachtav, she can't lose anything from her ketubah and stay with him. But sometimes, right? Mishkach Ladimifta, we find that she does lose. And how would the water case? Vachidami, Kagon, the Nefesh Ketubah, Tamik Tubedoraita. If her ketubah was more than a doraita, then we see over here that maybe she would have to sell uh, the balance of her ketubah. We just said you don't sell your ketubah up to 200. If it's a bigger ketubah, you might have to sell. So Rabbi says, That's really talk about a case of banin dachrin. Now, as much as I don't like doing this, we're going to stop over here. We'll carry on to my banin dachrin.